0: CeeDee
1: Lamb just dropped
0: 40. I understand. Cooper Cup drops 40 every single week when he's healthy. I just need, I'm trading Cooper Cup for like four weeks.
1: How much time do I have? Two minutes.
0: You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle.
2: Daniel, my friend, you are on the clock. Welcome back. It's Huddle Up, a football podcast. And Corey has just thrown down the gauntlet here. We weren't really ready to start the show. I mean, we were kind of ready. But we were like after the planning phase and then back to the, to the um, you know, him hauling around and just shooting the shit thing. And then Corey and Daniel started talking about trading away a very valuable dynasty wide receiver. So uh, your timer starts now, Daniel. You have until 9.25 p.m. Eastern time on this Wednesday to make your decision on whether or not you will trade away uh, C.D. Lamb to receive Cooper Cup welcome back to huddle up the football podcast i'm tony joined by cory and daniel hello welcome back um i don't know how to transition from that honestly it got really <laughs> heated there for a second and i had i felt like i had to hit the button and start the show oh well,
0: here, here's the situation we're all we're all in dynasty league together it's not the huddle up listener league it's another league um I actually, just to back up a little bit in the, I won the championship last year. So we'll back up to there. I won the championship. We have an in-person draft every year. And at that draft, I traded Tony two firsts and Tyler Boyd for Cooper cup. So I, my championship team got better. And I, again, am in contention for the championship. I'm first in the league at eight and two second place is seven and three. Uh, I hold the one seed at the moment, but Cooper Cup just went down, and I'm in a predicament where I don't know if I want to keep him, get rid of him. He was a big part of what I've what I built so far this year, but we've got the playoffs coming, and part of me believes he could be back for the playoff run in fantasy. But at the same time, the Rams suck, so if. If they suck, I could see them just not activating Cooper Cup. So I'm willing to make a desperate move to move him to get another piece so I can win this championship this year. With that, with all that being said, I cannot trade Cooper Cup to a contender because they're tr- basically trading me a piece for a guy that's not going to be playing for the rest of the year. But when they do get him back, he's an absolute stud. Every week of the season uh, – can't, you literally can't ask for a better player in fantasy football on a weekly basis. So I w- I was talking to Daniel, I was like, Hey, I want to trade this guy, but I gotta find a bottom feeder. And the bottom two guys I named, and I'm like, everybody else is in contention. And Daniel goes, My season's over. So I said, All right, Daniel, let's take a look at the roster. And I have offered Daniel Cooper Cup straight up for C D Lamb. And Daniel.
1: So here's what I'm thinking. Because <laughs> I know in Dynasty we have to think long term. Okay, there's a lot of negativity um, that is like clouding the Rams right now. So I was telling Corey before the show started, I believe the Cooper Cup is done for the year because the Rams are not the team that they were last year, okay? The Rams have mortgaged their entire future for their now team, and now they have missed the playoffs, okay? Cooper Cup is going to be 30 years old next year. CeeDee Lamb is 22. If the Rams, let's just say hypothetically, the Rams don't have, they have another season like they do this year. I mean, who knows? It's very much in the cards. I think the Rams team is going to get absolutely blown up. I think Sean McVay is going to retire. Aaron Donald is going to retire. They won't have any draft picks, and they could potentially be a bottom feeder team. And so, do I trust that Matt Stafford is going to play another six, seven years, and be high quality? Like, kind of more of like an elite. He threw forty touchdowns last year, and he sucks this year. He's Meanwhile, hurt. He's hurt this year. We knew that. Sure, because we he doesn't have an that. offensive line.
2: No, he was hurt coming into the season. We knew his arm was fucked up. Nobody wanted. Yeah, nobody wanted to, so nobody it, yeah, wanted to his believe shoulder, it. Nobody wanted to. But believe the Rams it.
1: lost two more offensive linemen this week their season is completely done and so I although I think Cooper cup is a better wide receiver than CD lamb I am going to have to decline wow
0: dude that's not fun for a show
2: that's not fun I, that's,
0: I know that's it's not, not fun for a show okay I know uh, okay come
2: back player of the year it's going to be Cooper cup next year <laughs> <laughs> next year it's going to be Cooper what cup he
0: just
1: did the the Cowboys like Ascension on offense is I I just don't like what the Rams are doing right now it's scary I agree. Right. I agree.
0: I am. Oh, hold on. I got to add cup to this offer. Yes, I said add cup to this offer. I have sent you my final offer. There we go. We
2: will. We'll disclose that at the end of the show. Let's, okay. let, let's put this down. If if in fact Cooper Cup is out for the year, which he very well could be given the state of things or at least out until um, playoffs, you know, they've got, you know, somehow some way. Uh, and he does return to form next year. No doubt the face of the offense of the NFL, one of the faces. He will be the comeback player of the year in 2023. Who will be the comeback player of the year this year? Let's, get, let's kick off the show. We're doing, we're doing early awards. We're handing them out a little early. Comeback player of the year. I was shocked to find out that Geno Smith leads the ranks. What was the, what were the odds for Geno Smith to uh, to become back Player of the Year? He's
0: from minus one twenty
1: five. Oh, so he's not even plus money like all these other wow. some of these other favorites. Okay. Vegas thinks he's gonna win this. Well,
0: Vegas thinks he's gonna win it. It's not that far away from second place, which is Saquon. He's just at plus one hundred. So they're really not that far apart. It's between those two guys. Third place is plus two thousand. That's Christian McCaffrey. So what you're are you between. Thugging? What do you guys think is gonna happen here? Uh I
2: yeah. think it's Saquon by leaps and bounds. And to get Me too to get I think plus one hundred money. I mean, I'm tempted to deposit another hundred dollars into my DraftKings account just for this future bet.
1: We still have half almost half a season for Gino to show his true colors. Gino's I mean, done fine. Gonna be, yes. It's it's he's not even fine.
2: It's not even about that. Like Gino's just been fine. Like he's been yeah. good.
1: Just right? just okay. Like, I mean, just serviceable. But he can he do this for another like six seven games i mean
2: even if he does like what okay if gino does this for six or seven games and saquon does saquon for six or seven games who's gonna
0: come out wins it in a landslide okay yes yes okay so barkley's the bet the the giants have the record right now i I ultimately think it probably comes down to who makes the playoffs if gino can carry him to the playoffs he might stay there at the top but I think it's more likely that the Seahawks fall off and miss the playoffs opposed to the giants with the record that they built that they sneak in as a wild card. And therefore Saquon gets the award. I, that's, that's how I feel. And he's more of, he's more of a star, right? I he, mean, that's Gino, the thing. We, Gino's yeah. not, not going to be there for the next five years where Saquon, we, you know, he's a face of the NFL right now, a face of the NFL right now. Yes, absolutely. Um,
2: McCaffrey, Henry, ETN, anything else that we have to add there?
1: Nope. I think this is Saquon's to lose.
2: I mean, McCaffrey had an opportunity, I think.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, the
2: trade may set him back a little statistically.
1: You could argue that he has better stats. Well, he, he
2: did the one game, um,
1: Yeah, you know, but,
2: but last week wasn't so good. Okay. Let's move on. Offensive player of the year, Justin Jefferson. Does he lead those ranks?
1: I believe so. I believe so. Uh,
2: and I saw a headline today that I thought was a joke, but it's not a joke. The catch that Justin Jefferson made last week was so fucking good that they immediately took his gloves and his arm sleeve and take took him to Canton. They're in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. They're displayed now. Like like we have to show. Insane. Like
1: that is insane. Justin Jefferson is in the Hall of Fame already. Like right now
2: his <laughs> shit is being displayed. Um to me, that's incredible. Tyreek Hill is somebody that I think we should also talk about. You know, when a, when a player goes into a new system, even a freak athlete like Tyreek Hill, you you don't expect the same, you know, like you typically don't expect to see the same production. It happens. It has happened. It happened this time. You don't ever expect to see, like, maybe more production. I don't have the stat lines in front of me, but if you told me that Tyreek Hill was more productive this year with the Dolphins... Than he was last year with the Chiefs. I think I would believe you. Like I didn't even look at this before the show. Does, does anybody know off the top of their heads? Like, is he better now than he was before?
1: Statistically, yes, he's getting the targets. With the Chiefs, he didn't need as many targets. He had he had a he had one year where he had a ton of targets, and of course, I think he led the league in receiving yards that year too. But yeah, he is the focal point of this offense. If he doesn't get double-digit targets in a game, everyone's, like, scratching their head. Corey, we have Justin Jefferson, Tyree Kill. Um, at the very top, do you think it's anybody else's race for Offensive Player of the Year?
0: Um, it's tough. It's tough. Those, both those guys are playing so well right now. Because
1: um, I have a vote for me personally.
0: Why can't I fucking find it? Offensive Player of the Year. Oh. And you got Jalen Hurts, Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and the those guys are in the MVP race, right? Is they're, not, they're not in this hat at all. Yeah, when's the last um, time a quarterback is one offensive player of the year? Well, that's the thing, right? The all, the MVP vote is designated for a quarterback these days, unless a uh, running back does something crazy like Adrian Peterson rushing for over 2,000 yards. I, he still didn't get the MVP, I don't think. So the offensive player of the year is usually designated for a wide receiver or running back. Um I don't know. Right now, with the way Justin Justin Jefferson came off that clutch clutch performance in Buffalo, um, I think he's he's produced memories right now. Right, so he he has plays in our mind that we're going to remember at the end of the season, which I think will go into the you know when the voters are voting. They're like, yeah, man, that that catch in Buffalo that was a big game. They're going to remember that. Where as Tyreek Hill, he's being productive. But he hasn't made like the big clutch plays that are needed to win football games. So, right now, my vote would be for Justin Jefferson.
2: I think that'd be my vote, too. And I want to add one more thing to that. And, Daniel, I'm sure you've got a curveball for us here. I see it in your eyes, your beady little eyeballs. Um, but I think a lot of these awards, like we said it with Comeback Player of the Year, it, they are tied to winning. You can be the Offensive Player of the Year on a losing team. I'm 100% confident that's happened before. Um, but when we see a team, especially a team we didn't expect to have this uh, dominance that Minnesota has had, and I'd like to go on the record saying I did expect this dominance, said it, called it. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Um, man, when a team that you don't see it coming from just blows up and on the back of an elite weapon, I think, yeah, for me, it's Jefferson. Uh, for me, it's Jefferson, maybe not by a lot. Let's hear what Daniel has to say. I know he's got, he's got something here.
1: Yeah, for me, it's Tyreek. Um, I think the guy the guy is on pace to be the league leader in receiving yards, and um, he's also sharing very much with Jalen Waddell. On the Vikings, you have one guy. Adam Thielen is washed, and you have TJ Hawkinson now getting into the fold, getting some targets, but it's just Justin Jefferson. But on the Dolphins, you have Tyreek and Jalen Waddell, and he's still doing this. And Jalen Waddell has had great stats. But listen to this. Tyreek, just looking at these games, I mean, this guy wins games for the Dolphins. So you have one, two, three, four, five games that he's had that are are 143 receiving yards and over. And one of those is 190, and the other one's 188 and 177. I mean, this guy puts up crazy games. And these are on the back. Like I mentioned, he's the focal point of this offense. Listen to these target totals. 12, 13, 14, 15, 13, 14. I mean, these are in single games. And so this guy's dominating the NFL with the best coverage, quite often double teamed. And like I mentioned last week, getting underthrown by Tua every time he drops back. So (laughs) that's what I was going for. I got the eye roll from Corey. But I I think um, Tyreek is just on another level right now. I love Justin Jefferson. I I think, like, talent-wise, Justin Jefferson, probably the best in the NFL right now. I think he's past, like, Devontae Adams' level. I think he is there. He is truly, truly elite. But Tyreek Hill is just doing things that Justin Jefferson is not right now. Even though Justin Jefferson had a crazy game last week and put the game on his back and did great things, um, it seems like Tyreek is doing that almost every
0: week. But but, 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 but we're at mid season awards, so people are voting right now.
1: Yeah, and Tyreek Hill is the number one wide receiver in fantasy and it, he he is just he's absolutely dominating the league.
0: Yeah, but the the voters aren't. They're not playing fantasy football. They're they're talking about what have you done for this offense? And well,
1: that's stats. That's stats driven fantasy is. So that's all
0: I was saying. Okay. Well, what I'm saying is the moments that Jeff and Justin Jefferson generated this past weekend. There were, I know of two catches. The big one, which is in the Hall of Fame, and then there was another one late in that game, which I can really remember, which was also spectacular and also Porter, next to the end fun. zone inside. Yes. The five.
2: Yes. That's the
0: one I'm talking about. I mean, I know the Vikings got lucky in that game, but they also wouldn't have had even a chance to win that game without those two catches. So if the season ended today and that game got the Vikings into the playoffs, the voters right now are voting for Justin Jefferson. I
2: I don't disagree. I I don't disagree. I don't disagree. And I think I lean Corey's way because when you look at when I compare these two teams, I think, I think it's right to say it's probably one of these two wide receivers today. Um, there's so much other, so much more talent on the Miami offense right now than what we like give enough credit to. Look at Minnesota. There's Justin Jefferson. What has Adam Thielen done this year? Like nothing. Nothing. Um, I mean, <laughs> nothing. it's Dalvin Cook and it's Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins. This, again, I had somebody on. A, I had somebody online the other day tell me that Kirk Cousins was washed and trash and needs out of the NFL. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, he's the most underappreciated quarterback. He's making abs- every year. I mean, every Cousins single year. In that
1: category, he wins the underrated quarterback award. Now,
2: talk to me again on a Sunday night game or a Monday night game, and I'll tell you he's washed and <laughs> trash. Right? Like next night game, he's done.
1: That
0: keeps him down to earth. Yeah.
2: But but that Minnesota offense doesn't. I mean, he's making the most out of it. Go ahead, Corey. What is it? I see.
0: You want to you want to talk stats, Daniel? Yeah. You want to talk stats? Let's here. Uh Justin Jefferson has played one less game than Tyreek Hill has six Uh-oh. less targets. Uh they both have four touchdowns. Justin Jefferson has 117 yards per game, Tyreek Hill has 114. Tyreek Hill has a fumble and Jefferson Justin Jefferson does not.
1: So that's fine. Like I said, uh, actually Tony was making my point. Uh Justin Jefferson has the offense to himself and the Dolphins he does not. He's sharing and but, he's doing that.
0: But he's carrying the load. That's right? my
2: point. My point and is without more without impressive. Jefferson, um, this team would look vastly different.
1: I would not blame anyone that voted for Justin Jefferson. I know we want like an argument here. Either answer is correct. I don't want an argument. <laughs> no,
0: no, your your answer is wrong. That's okay. what we're trying to say. Okay, Corey wants an it's, argument.
1: It's Justin Jefferson. No, I love Justin Jefferson.
0: He has better stats, and he has the moments, which Tyreek Hill does not. Yeah. And he's the only wide receiver on that football team.
2: Two wide receivers are on top if, of offense
0: If offenses. Tyreek had, had Kirk Cousins, he'd be a lot better. <laughs> oh, my God, that's a dig.
2: That's a shot,
1: if I ever heard one.
0: Well, Kirk Cousins isn't in the MVP race, or at least as high up as Tua Tagovailoa.
1: For, yeah, because his, his teammates are carrying him.
2: Okay. Okay, guys. Stop, stop. Two wide receivers <laughs> are on top of Offensive Player of the Year. Two running backs are on top of Offensive Rookie of the Year. Kenneth Walker, Damian Pierce. And actually, while you two were mumbling back and forth at each other, shouting at the sky, talking about getting off each other's lawns. That was ridiculous, by the way. Embarrassed. <laughs> I went ahead and looked this up. I was shocked. Kenneth Walker is favored to win the award. I think it's Damian Pierce. I think with this award, it kind of breaks some of those rules where we talked just a minute ago about how a lot of these awards are attached to winning teams. The Offensive Rookie of the Year award isn't necessarily. Typically, a bad team gets a better rookie. It just so happens Damian Pierce wasn't a first-round pick. Was he? I don't think he was. He was a fourth or fifth, yeah. He was a late-round pick, which just adds to the spice. Um, But... To my surprise, the only category that Damian Pierce hasn't beat out Kenneth Walker is the touchdowns. He's caught more balls. He's just as efficient, equally as efficient per yard, per carry. Um, he's had long touchdown runs. More I think Walker has the edge there. Uh, and that could be true. That could be true. Um, uh, but to me, Damian Pierce has 200 more rushing yards through eight games, nine games. 10 games? Well, when did Walker take away? over.
1: That's that's the thing. Walker um, took because, over
2: fully took over week 5. It looks like okay. his first um
1: There's there's a variable there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Th- uh, 438821. So yeah. I mean, there's something to be said about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why my vote's Walker. I think he's just he he keeps getting better every week. Um I love the way Damian Pierce runs. He runs angry. And he is very, very savvy. I mean, no one will break more tackles in the NFL this year. Confident of it. Not even Derrick Henry. Damian Pierce is a tackle breaker. And by the end of the year, he will have broken the most tackles in the NFL if he stays healthy. But I think Kenneth Walker just has another... He just has so many elements to him. Like last game, he he played uh, Tampa. that um, was in Germany. And got absolutely shut down in the running game. I think he had like... Uh, almost double-digit carries for, like, 17 yards. I mean, Uh, Tampa's a good rush but made it all up through the air. Like, he still found a way to help the team because he is a dual-threat bell cow running back and can get it done. You
2: know that it was 10 attempts, 17 yards. Yeah. With six receptions on top of that.
0: All, all, I I don't have a problem with either of these guys. I think what the odds come down to is – like Daniel said Kenneth's been so productive in the short amount of time he's played and the Seahawks are also winning more games. I think that has a little bit to do with it, but I think overall what's been, I mean, Damian Pierce's performance is way more impressive just because he plays on that team. But unfortunately with, you know, what goes into these votes, I think it will be Kenneth Walker, but. I mean, if I had to place a vote just personally, it would probably be Damian Pierce just because of what he is. I mean, he is carrying the Texans right now, single-handedly. Um, and it's very impressive. He's breaking tackles. We, we just watched him on Thursday Night Football last week, just absolutely carrying that team. So well,
1: On Thursday, they had uh, some crazy like graphic about him having like the highest percentage of a team's yards than any player in the NFL. I remember that graphic just because they're so bad.
2: They're terrible. So, yeah, I- imagine.
1: I completely agree.
2: Imagine. I don't know what Houston's going to look like. I know. I know they're in bad shape. Um, they were Bill O'Brien left them in shambles. Uh, but imagine they're going to get an early quarterback pick. It's not going to be Davis Mills. Uh, I think they're going to keep Davis Mills out there and they're going to let him ride the rest of the season. But uh, th- there's going to be a quarterback in a new quarterback in Houston, and I don't know what that's going to look like. Is Brandon Cooks going to stick around? If he does, I mean, that like, this team could just really change on the offensive side of things. Corey, anything to add? No, sir. Defensive Player of the Year. Micah Parsons, <laughs> Nick Bosa, Juden, Max Crosby, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, by the way, if you don't remember, one time took a man's head, took the helmet off his head, and then used it as a weapon. <laughs> I mean greatest fucking most savage not greatest i should say most savage thing i've ever seen in my life uh and aaron donald the number if he is he still rated the best player in football like recently is like as of last he would year be.
1: yeah yeah if they did like a league player vote they yeah. would vote him in yeah what
2: do you guys think defensive player of the year
0: Um, I don't know why Micah Parsons is leading this category before the show. Daniel said he's got the Aaron Donald factor and like he does these things that don't show up on the stat sheet, but I really fucking hate the Cowboys. I'm tired of talking about them. So if I was voting, I'd give it to Matthew Judon because I watched him absolutely just mantle the Colts and uh, I kinda, and, you know, I like to vote for a guy like that. He's actually being productive. He leads the lead in, league in sacks. I know he's not a big name like Micah Parsons or Nick Bosa. Matthew Judon has been putting that Patriots defensive line on his back and getting the job done himself. I think the odds of this actually happening go way up if they make the playoffs, which isn't really the case right now. So it may not happen, but right now Judon's got my vote. And I'd like to add
2: that it took us 20... 20- About 26 minutes, nearly. A little bit at the beginning of the show, but about 26 minutes to even mention the Colts, I think. Anyway.
0: And a name that should really be on this list is Zaire Franklin. Stop, you guys.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. We're about to take a turn, I can feel it. (laughs) No, 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 no. Get control, Daniel. Take control. Yeah, all right. DeForest Buckner. I feel like he. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I was telling Corey, all you have to do is watch a Cowboys game, and you just you you look at the defense, and Parsons is all over the field. I'm not gonna. I
0: know you're not. not. I'm not gonna watch Cowboys game. I fucking hate (laughs) him. A lot of us
1: do, (laughs) but um, he is he is a linebacker that does it all. He swats passes down at the line of scrimmage, and he goes back into coverage. And he gets ruthless sacks. He mows over offensive linemen that look like – are double his weight. And uh, he still shows up on the stat sheet. I think he had eight sacks already this year. Um, and he is super hungry. I watched Hard Knocks, and he he just loves playing football. And you can, you can tell the way he plays. He just plays so smart. I, I Like I said, the Aaron Donald effect, he'll, he'll get double teamed uh, if he's rushing. They always know where Micah Parsons is. Um, and so the, he, he has just a, an effect on the game that changes an entire team uh, when he is in the game. So I think, like I said, it doesn't show up on the stat sheet as much, but he, he dominates games without putting up the numbers.
2: Well, there
0: you have it. I don't have a lot to add to that. Um, hey, the most talked about fucking things on sports television, I watch Con Cowherd at noon because I try to eat afternoon at work. It's either the goddamn Cowboys, Aaron Rodgers, or LeBron James. It's unbelievable. That's all they talk about. Wow. That's it. That's all they talk about.
1: Loves LeBron James talking
0: about him.
2: It's kind of like all they talk about is the Colts, right? Yes.
0: You is. can turn on First Take, Cowherd, Undisputed. What? Pick a show. It's those three. Uh, people,
1: if they tuned into us, like if we got on like TV or something crazy, they would be like, yeah, that Colts, the people that always just talk about the Colts, that's what they would think
0: about us.
2: Well, I don't have much to add, Defensive Player of the Year. I, I think Parsons probably will win this award. Um, I don't think that should be a huge surprise. But he's cowboy. I'm with you, Corey. Doesn't feel good. I don't love it.
0: It hurts.
2: (laughs) It hurts. Let's, let's move on to our last award. Uh, MVP season long. Speaking of hurts. Speaking of hurts. Hurts is plus 500. for NFL MVP. Not the favorite. The favorites, Patrick Mahomes. I was surprised by that. I was surprised by that. For some reason, I thought Tua would be the favorite, which I was quickly told that I was out of my mind. Um, Go ahead, you two. I'm going to do a little more digging here. Uh, Who's your choice for MVP? Season
1: ends now. Go ahead, Daniel. Shallon. Uh We're We're talking about what he does for a team and putting teams on his back. I mean, he is the quarterback and the starting running back for this team. He is just so, so good. And he nobody has a better arm in the league than him or Patrick Mahomes. Um, and you could argue that Josh Allen probably has a little bit more length, um, but he, gosh, he, he is so incredibly good. And just the, the what he's doing with the Buffalo Bills, um, I, you could argue the same for Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs with very little options, but um, with, with the Bills, he, he literally just has Stephon Diggs. He has one guy, and he just kind of does the rest. When he's not throwing to that one guy. Um, so I I just, I, I love watching Josh Allen. Josh Allen is my pick for the MVP.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I will say when I went to lunch today that they weren't, they were actually talking about Josh Allen from this weekend and they were absolutely trashing him. A lot of people were, tra- I've seen, I've seen it on Twitter and on the national media. They're trashing Josh Allen because he leads the league in interceptions, which is 10. He has 10. Pat Mahomes has seven. If he doesn't throw those two picks against the Vikings, he's at eight. And I still don't think that would have saved him. But I, I think it's completely unjustified to trash Josh Allen at this point. He's probably the most talented QB in the league. But just out of spite, I think Tua should probably win the MVP because Tua has no run game. He's carrying the pass game right now. He may over underthrow a guy every now and then, but... He's getting the job done. He's undefeated as a starter. Is that still the case? It was, it was still the case this weekend. What? It, Who? Tua? Yeah. Oh, he's definitely lost. No. And when he's played a full game, he's undefeated. No way. I got to look this up. Keep going. Uh, he's undefeated as a starter right now. Uh, <laughs> no way. What are you looking at? It's How just a fact, bro. Shot. It's, it's a fact, bro. Looking. Hold on. 18 touchdowns. He's only thrown three picks. He's finding multiple weapons on the field, and Tyree Hill and Jalen Waddle. Great sporting cast, but he's finding them. He's being efficient. He's winning football games. He's not making mistakes. Uh, Josh Allen has three times the picks that Tua Tagovailoa has. And let's see, uh, nine games, Tua's played eight and he's only got 500 more passing yards right now. Tua is the MVP. I that, that's, I mean, I feel crazy for agreeing with you, but it was the first
2: thing that I thought when I saw the award. And I, a lot of the things that you just said Tua's taking care of the damn ball. And I didn't expect yep. this. Like, I don't talk about the quarterback rating a lot. I don't think that's like, I think it's so antiquated. Um, But for a long time, that was the standard. Tua actually has the highest quarterback rating of all three of these guys we're talking about right now, and not by an insignificant amount. Josh Allen's QBR is 96.6. Mahomes is 106. And Tua's is 118. I mean, we're talking about a guy, which I didn't see this coming. I didn't believe it. Made fun of you. Publicly and privately, sorry, it's true. Um, but look, a little bit short on touchdowns. That's a knock. A little bit short on touchdowns. But he's, ones- not, he's not turning the ball over and they're winning football games. I don't know. Um, it is a quarterback award. If it wasn't Tua, I would expect it to be Josh Allen this year because Josh Allen's, Josh Allen's rushing ability is Incredible. Daniel, have you found it? Yeah, I see you over there trying to find it.
1: This is just going to blow my mind if this is true. So I see career record 22 and 9. Or you're talking just this year, right? Whoa,
0: career record of 22 and 9? Oh, bud. Uh, so against the Vikings, uh, S. Thompson also played. What? What? Their backup quarterback played against the Vikings. Uh, he went out versus the Bengals. They lost that game because he got hurt in the middle of that. And I'm pretty confident he did not play against the Jets. Those are the three losses. Yeah, didn't play against the Jets. So in every game that he's played from first snap to last snap, they're undefeated.
2: It is crazy. I don't know. I don't know where to go with this one. My gut tells me that if I had to pick today it'd be too
1: I'm shocked you didn't pick Pat Mahomes with what he's doing right now in Kansas City. Pat Mahomes he's doing what you said he would. I know with with no like (sighs) I mean the quality of help that he has around him on his offense outside of Travis Kelsey is like subpar at best.
0: Listen, Pat Mahomes starting running back is Isaiah Pacheco. Listen. (laughs) Pat Mahomes is
2: really the MVP. We all know that at the end of the year, we're going to pick Pat Mahomes.
0: You're both my guys. You guys doubted me. You you were on the Broncos, Daniel. And, Tony, I don't know who you were on, but it wasn't the Chiefs. And I told both of you guys it was going to be the Chiefs. And I told you guys when Tua got drafted, he was the guy, and here we are.
1: Trust Russell Wilson again. Yeah, I I
0: didn't like the Broncos, just for the record. I I didn't like them either. I was on an island there. But it wasn't because of Russell now, Wilson. But now I'm on my own island. <laughs> Loser. I think, Tony, you were on the Chargers. I was on the Chargers. Chargers don't yeah. stink, but, but they ain't a powerhouse. Not, no, who they stink.
2: not who I they thought stink. they were. Not who I thought they were.
1: I, I wish they were a lot better, too, because I thought they were definitely a sleeper Super Bowl team. But, Corey, you did say the Raiders were going to be a lot better than they are.
0: So, Got so to did everybody else. So I did, did not. I hated the Raiders. I didn't <laughs> say that. All right.
2: <laughs> All right. Um, do you want to bet? Hmm. Best,
0: bets of, of best bets of the week. Welcome back to best bets of the week. Welcome back to best bets of the week. Uh, this is a segment where Daniel and I square off every week. We each pick four games. I pick the spreads. Daniel picks the over unders. As of right now on the season, my record is 20 and 19 and
1: 1. Oof. And Daniel? 27 and 13.
0: So the last three weeks, I've gone 0 and 4, 4 and 0, and then 0 and 4 again. Daniel's absolutely on fire. His balls have just singed clean off. What is your record over the last three or four weeks? Uh, The
1: last three weeks, I've
0: missed one game. Jesus Christ so that means he's about to hit just slap his face on the ground lose a couple of teeth
1: <laughs> yeah and boring your week up I'm just
0: I need to take it back to basics I need to find just the games that I like I was trying to get cute with uh you know finding trap games and stuff but I, I think the NFL kind of catches on to that and over the over the course of the season they can kind of trick you into stuff like that so I'm just looking at stuff I like right now uh first game of the week Browns at Buffalo the browns are getting seven and a half there's it's going to be snowy in buffalo this weekend uh if it's windy too that could affect the pass game i know josh allen played decent last weekend he threw a couple picks but he does have the elbow issue i don't know how much that's going to affect him but if this turns into a grind it out put it on the ground game give me the browns and nick chubb they're getting a touchdown the browns stay competitive um they, they can put up points with jacoby Brissett. uh browns at buffalo i don't think the browns win this game but i think it's a close game i think it's closer than seven and a half give me the browns plus seven and a half at buffalo did you hear
1: about the weather for this game
0: yeah snowy and windy did you hear about how much snow how much snow two to three feet a lot of snow
1: browns plus seven and a half that's a great bet because i'm also taking the under The over/under Vegas knows in this game is 41 and a half, and with two to three feet of snow and 20 to 30 mile per hour winds, no one's gonna be kicking field goals. They're gonna be going for it on fourth down galore, and it's gonna come down to the rushing games. And so, Corey, it's gonna be Nick Chubb versus Josh Allen. So I love that that Browns bet, but I'm taking under 41 and a half. Hate when you have a weather game like this; it ruins all offense.
0: Uh, My second game of the week, the Jets travel two miles to the Patriots uh, to play at 1 o'clock on Sunday. It'll be Mac Jones versus Zach Wilson, I think. And the Jets are getting plus 3.5. I watched uh, Bill Belichick absolutely eat Sam Ellinger alive. Zach Wilson has been hot and cold I think the Patriots win this game handily. I know the Jets have a pretty good record right now, but uh, I think the Patriots are going to have their number this weekend, and all that excitement in New York for the Jets is going to come raining down a little bit when the Patriots absolutely smack the Jets. Uh, Patriots minus three and a half.
1: Uh, I also have that game in my bets here. Uh, Jets and the Patriots both have kind of sputtering offenses right now. Two good defenses. The Jets have actually an underrated defense. Um, So two good defenses versus two bad offenses. It's usually just spells a a lower scoring game for me. Vegas knows too. The over-under is 38 and a half. I'm still going to take the under. I think this is going to be a slow grinding, just nasty game. Um, And so I I, I don't like either offense in this. And I, I like both defenses. So under 38 and a half.
0: Wow. The Detroit Lions at one o'clock on Sunday traveled to the New York Giants. The Giants have burned me a couple weeks. I passed on them a couple weeks. Uh, uh, uh. Give me the Giants minus three and a half. I think they, they're. I don't think they're a great team. I think the record is better than they are, but they have shown that they know how to win football games and. After the, the Lions have played well the last couple weeks, but I think it's time for them to come back to earth. The Lions aren't a great team. I think the Giants are a better team. Give me the Giants minus three at home against the Lions.
1: I like it. Um, Rams at Saints. I can't think of two underperforming offenses quite like these two that were supposed to be so much better, um, especially the Rams, and they just lost um, – their best weapon, Cooper Cup. And they've lost two offensive linemen. Um, The Saints have a pretty good pass rush, so I think they're going to disrupt the Rams. Rams aren't going to be able to do anything in this game. The Saints have a good defense every few games, but this one's at home. The Saints are a different team at home. And um, the Rams have a good enough defense to stop Andy Dalton and the Saints um, on offense as well. So this one, 38-and-a-half, I'm also taking the low under on this as well so three unders so far for me So scary they're so low I know they're so low but I I chose two super low ones last week and they both hit by oh, a lot <laughs> uh, Colts
0: plus six and a half at home against the Eagles
1: what
2: you have explaining to do don't just say yeah, that no explanation there don't just, just say that the and, then <laughs> and then walk away
0: <laughs> Good night boys Bo
2: Let's hear it. Here's the uh, Colts corner. We're getting a drop.
0: Listen, Saturdays are for the boys. And I don't know the the, here. Hold on one second. One second. One second. Eagles. They have beaten Detroit, Minnesota, Washington, Jacksonville, Arizona. They beat. All right. First of all, Minnesota could be, could be a fake team. We'll see what happens. They beat Dallas. uh, Obviously a fake team. They beat Pittsburgh, Houston, Washington. Oh, nope. They lost to Washington. The Colts are beating the Eagles this weekend, boys. The Colts are a better football team.
1: Tony, set an alarm.
2: Are we gonna do a side bet? There, does that sound like you're calling him out? Is that a what f- do you mean? Is that a shot bet? What do you mean, Daniel?
1: I'll do a shot bet with you. So, the, so Corey says. Money lines.
2: Yeah, Corey says money line. It's money line shot bet.
0: You want to do it, Corey? Oh, I'll do that. I'll fucking do that. Yeah. Put it on the board, dude. Eagles all right. Versus first of Colts. all, first of all, I don't know what Easiest tickets are, I've ever made. Dude, I don't know. I don't know what tickets are running this weekend, but Lucas Oil is gonna be fucking ruckus, dude. Jeff Saturday coaches his first game at Lucas Oil. It's gonna be fucking ruckus. <laughs> it is the, gonna be the best. The best team in the NFL is coming to Lucas Oil. It's gonna be fucking ruckus, bud. And JT, if. Listen, they could come out and be the same shit show they were before, but I don't see any way that happens. The the offensive line was back to how it was last year. I don't see last any week. way that happens. Any way at all. <laughs> I mean, uh, sorry, that's probably not the right word. That, I think that is completely possible. But, <laughs> okay. But... Listen, Jeff Saturday, he's here to fucking get that offensive line going. And by golly, I think they're going to show up. And if that offensive line shows up, the Colts are a better football team than the Eagles and the Colts win. But if that offensive line doesn't show up, the Colts are fucked.
2: (laughs) Okay, so I'm not not taking that bet. Uh, Daniel, do you have –
0: so let's write that Uh, down. Wherever
2: uh, you're (laughs) writing down the shot bets, Corey, go ahead and note that one.
1: Yeah, okay.
2: You've got an overlay, yeah. don't you?
1: Put that, one, put that one down in the win column for me. Yep.
2: And right, Daniel, and I think you've got one, one
1: more. One yep, my last one. Um, I think it's going to be quite possibly the game of the week. Um, Cowboys at Minnesota. The over-under on this one is only 47 and a half. Uh, Both these teams are off of a couple offensive explosion games, and neither of these defenses are very... Uh, stout, I should say. Um, the Vikings, kind of like what you said, Corey. I think they might be fake, but they're very opportunistic. I mean, look at what they did against Buffalo last week. I mean, I Buffalo was up big on the Vikings, and the Vikings came back and uh, sent that thing to overtime and made plays and just just made it happen. And their offense looked awesome. Dalvin Cook ran for an 80-yard touchdown. And so they were getting their pieces involved, but also the Cowboys look great with finally getting Dalton Schultz back and healthy. Ceedee Lamb having just a crazy good game. I think this has the makings, um, especially with the spread. You know, when there's when there's a good over under near fifty, and the spread's only one or one and a half. Vegas Vegas knows it's going to be high scoring for both sides, so it's pretty easy to hit the over on those. Um, so I I'm going to take the over on forty seven and a half. Cowboys and Vikings.
0: So, real quick, fun fact about the Eagles and the Vikings, real quick. Those teams are one and two in the NFL in turnover differential.
1: Which... You could argue they're doing it, though. Like, they're making those happen. It's
0: not just them getting lucky. Absolutely. You could also argue that a lot of turnovers are fluky. You could. And... and, yeah, like in previous season, the Colts, man, they they generate a lot of turnovers. Like that, but this year just hasn't been there. It just hasn't happened, and you don't know if it's because of the players or if it's just how it how it works. So, like for example, if the Eagles go to Indianapolis and they don't force a turnover, I mean, which is totally possible. I mean, I, I think it gives the Colts a much better shot. But Eagles are plus thirteen in point in uh, turnover differential. The Vikings are plus eight. The Eagles have gotten a lot of turnovers. And I would expect that to level out over a season. You know, same with the Vikings and then all these other teams. I think these numbers are going to come back down. New Orleans all the way at the bottom at minus 12. And then the Colts are right behind them at the bottom at minus 9. So we'll see if these stats hold up. If they change, we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, Washington did give Indianapolis
2: the blueprint. And I think...
1: Well, so did the Texans, honestly.
2: Yeah, and the Texans did too. I played conservative games. They kept it close. I think the the best thing that could... This is... We're not getting lost on this. But... And I don't want to go down this hole. We're about to end the show. But after one week of Jeff Saturday as the head coach, what we saw was a more simple team that wasn't doing anything fancy or creative or fluky or anything weird. They were just playing a hard-nosed, protective, guarded game. I think when you look at teams who I think, I think the Eagles are a more talented roster, front to back, uh, than the Indianapolis Colts are. I do think that the Colts have a, have an opportunity, a real chance to win this game that they didn't have two weeks ago, and it's because the head coach, interim head coach, just isn't making create pretty fluky, uh, how do I say this, cute decisions. Yeah. Right? Like he's just going to be more guarded more conservative. And by doing that, you hopefully will turn the ball over less. And by turning the ball over less, I think the Colts have an opportunity to win the game. I don't think they, I'm not saying they will. I do know that, like Corey said, it will be the loudest game that I've been to in many, 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 many months. I'm really looking forward to being in that atmosphere.
0: It's going to be a ruckus. And since you just said they're, they're not getting cute, they're probably going to open the game with a flea flicker. And to close the show, uh, I have a trade that I sent to Daniel, and he is? I accepted. Ah! (laughs) What was it? Come on now. Come on now. You just got to push him over the edge a little bit. I just got a CD Lamb for Cooper Cup and a second-round pick. Wow. I I thought that was extremely fair.
1: I think it's fair as well. I I thought about it for a while, and uh, if Ceedee Lamb ends up being, you know, amazing, which I I, there's a very big possibility that he is. um, I we'll see, we'll see what happens.
0: You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay up. in the huddle. The huddle up. Team on three.
2: One, two, three, three.
0: Yeah, I get to put CD Lamb on this team. Hold on, let me set my lineup, boys.